right. So again, another week, another conversation. And uh, Will, LaSalle, and I are here to kind of chat about a couple things. Will, thanks for joining me. No problem. Thanks for having me, Sean. Sure. So uh, the Kaseya, Kaseya, Kaseya breached the other day. 1,500 companies, $70 million ransom to Kaseya. Not to not to mention the companies that were involved, but what were your initial thoughts on all this, Will? <laughs> so, I've 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 been a customer. I've been a partner of Caseyas back back before MSPs when organizations were MSPs, right? And um, totally understand what it does, right? Um, in future organizations or whatever, from a cost prohibitive perspective, I didn't, didn't use Kaseya, right? But totally understand and um, its proliferation within the industry. So my first thought was people are F, right? Companies are screwed, right? And it's gonna be, unfortunately, it, my thought was little companies, smaller companies, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying smaller companies in terms of, because, the smartness of the organization, right? Um, are evil, re evil, revil, are evil, <laughs> right? Um, and then it's Russian, so maybe it's pronounced with some kind of Russian, right? Um, <laughs> you know, Russian accent or something to it. But when my first thought was like, it's it's a very smart, broad attack. Um, first initial reading on it is crazy because remember we talked about it before that this is starting to be yeah. like organizations like like organized crime actual organizations right with hierarchies right. and levels and everything like that the, the thing i heard and bosses I read soldiers <laughs> yeah that they didn't have enough people to collect the ransoms <laughs> so so even if people were willing to pay for ransom so it's sort of like you go to the dmv and you got to renew a license or something like that. And you're sitting in a long line, you pull a number and you're like, I just want to give these people my money so I can get my license plate on my license and go to hell home. So you have it where your stuff is all locked with ransomware and you can't, you want to pay somebody. You say, listen, I give up. I'm going to pay. I didn't have whatever in place. I'm going to pay to get access to my stuff back. And they're saying, take a number. And, and it's, I'm imagining somebody like Rocks from Monsters, Inc. with a gravelly voice, you know what I'm trying to say? Basically, <laughs> take a number to do. I thought it was bizarre. I said, they, these guys have perpetrated a, a hack that's, that's bigger than they can chew. You know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah. That, that to me. But, but I felt bad for small companies, Sean, because um, time is money. It happened over a weekend, so a lot of people did not understand the impact until Tuesday. And for a lot of smaller organizations, for a lot of MSPs that depend on Kaseya, um, depend on the software, the ramifications yeah. are companies, and you, you compound that with the pandemic where businesses have shuttered because of the, the pandemic, right? We all, we both know, right? Yeah. Or or have done poorly and there's not that up, so they haven't ramped up services, they haven't renewed. And us, in the trusted partner space, right, have helped customers sometimes uh, pro bono or reduced, right, because we're truly partners with these clients. 
a lot of them are impacted by this, right? A lot of MSPs are impacted by this, where now they're going to lose business. They're going to lose, you know, um, Kaseya themselves. So I just looked at it and I said, this is, this is bad. Just really, really, really bad. Yeah. You know, my first thought was <laughs> there, but by the grace of God, go I, because, you know, with what we do in the nature of our business is we have to be connected to our clients' networks in some manner. And, you know, so this is not to throw Casey under the bus, um, but it's really just illustrating the larger vulnerability of the supply chain and the need for uh, multiple tools, multiple layers, and really going through the process of understanding who your risks are coming from and where these vulnerabilities are. Um, I was a bit troubled and it sort of brought up the, the thinking was the ethical, uh, conversation in this whole thing from a supply chain ethics perspective. It's come out that the, uh, Dutch vulnerability, uh, group had identified seven security risks, uh, 9.8, level CVEs. Wow. And had notified Casia um, of these back in April. Wow. And the company did address some of them pretty quickly. But what appears to be the most severe, the most critical vulnerabilities that were identified were still being worked on being patched. And here we are 90 days later. Mm-hmm. So... You know, the question becomes the researchers that identify the vulnerabilities have a, have a responsibility to notify the software developer. You have problems. They did that. Um, but they the company responded right away. They started fixing things. Within a week, there were patches coming out for, a, you know, several different things they identified and probably some more than they identified beyond what the Dutch had found. But at what point is the liability, the responsibility of the software developer to notify their customers, hey, we have some issues. We're trying to patch these. You may consider disabling certain some of these services or monitor them differently. You know, at what point, especially with these fourth, fifth party supply chains that we have now and the interconnectedness, in your role as a CISO, what do you expect from a, a SaaS vendor? When do you want them to, should they be telling you they have a problem so you can turn things off or monitor them differently? You know, Sean, that's a great question, right? And that's a great observation. And and the thing about it is, right, with dealing with compliances, right? And th- there's, I'm sure there's going to be tons of changes with all these supply chain hacks over the past six, nine months, right? There's going to be changes and addendums to compliances out there, right? Whether it's HIPAA, stocks, PCI, uh, NIST, New York BFS, et cetera, right? And the thing about it is when you, when you know, I'm helping a customer right now respond to a, a questionnaire, right? Okay. And these questions come up, right? And when you, when you ask their party, so I love what you said, that they were notified, they were working on it, and they didn't fix it fast enough. 
So, right, because then it was exploited. You know, I had I had read and come across that, you know, the hack that they used was a zero day. So it was something yeah. that they themselves yeah. found, right? So you, you, you talk about it. So it makes you think, you know, that the organization should have implemented, um, you know, a bounty program, right? Um, you know, they should have incentivized people instead of uh, having these people that, that exploited and found the exploit because they're getting more sophisticated in their attacks, right? This is yeah. an organization supposedly that's not state sponsored. I'll say that loosely, but yeah. they're, they're executing very sophisticated attacks. And it's like, listen, it's, it's, they're asking for 70 million, right? Yeah. They, they, they've gotten money from, from other one of these hacks. They're asking for 70 million. So you think about it and they're being incentivized to go out there and do the reverse of a bug bounty, right? And everything like that and find exactly. zero day exploits and take advantage of these exploits. To answer your original question, yes, these people should be uh, notifying that, but it's kind of like we talked about last time, right? Where someone in Casilla that the head may roll, right? That may be a whistleblower or, or maybe someone said, no, we're dealing with it. We got time and they got, they didn't and they got bit in the yeah. ass. Yeah, I was reading something earlier. So it's sort of like a game show. The clock was ticking down, the, yeah. the buzzer rang on them. And, you know, as you said, it happened on a Friday afternoon, classic attack, Friday afternoon, when everybody's knocking off for the weekend, compound yep. that with a 4th of July weekend, holidays yep. on Monday, you got a long weekend coming up. IT guys were like, oh, yeah, where are we going? And yep. bam. And, you know, Sock Center started screaming and people started, you know, pulling alarms and shutting things down, but it's just not fast enough because they were already in. Um, so, you know, it's an interesting subject. It, it, it needs to be addressed. And I'm not quite sure how companies are going to go about this. You know, they've started talking about how do we make cybersecurity and, and on the defensive side more of a uh, community effort, be a little more open with each other, security companies, corporations that have this stuff running in their environments, things they identify, the threat intel. Um, the open source threat intel is not comprehensive entirely, but it's a, a nice way to start of sharing this information. Um, it's what do we do as a country corporately uh, to start this information sharing and how does, uh, you know, sort of the government facilitate the way that these companies can share information and, and not expose themselves to the bad guys who may be, you know, listening or paying attention, but it's, who do you tell? And we were trying to talk to some guy the other day, a contractor, and he's asking one of our engineers to access his computer. We're like, our engineer was smart enough going, uh, yeah, no, you're not accessing my computer to get that stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we don't know you from Adam. You could be a bad guy posed as a good guy. Yeah. And so, you know, where do you disclose this information? Who do you tell? Who do you share it with? You don't know who's listening. So we are in a, in a situation where it's damned if you do and damned if you don't. It, it's, you know, my personal 
opinion and, and just seeing things. And I don't want to solve it. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I have the solution, right? But one of the biggest issues that, that I see is just that, you know, um, we tell everybody what we're doing, right? We tell yes. everybody, we create these things and people think it's a, it's a magic pill to get a CISSP certification, to get a certified ethical hacker certification, to get um, this compliance, to, to pass this audit. And it's like we talked about before, right? Um, with respect to the pipeline hack, it's like these guys have these guys have CISOs, these guys mm -hmm. have CIOs, these guys have compliances they have to abide by, these guys have certifications that they tell on their website, right? They'll show somebody a, a certification, they'll wear a badge, right? Um, and at the end of the day, you know, we tell people everything we, we're doing. We, you know, companies tout their customers on presentations. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about the sophisticatedness around around criminal enterprises and they want to attack supply chain to have the biggest reach, where again, going back to they 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 bid off so much they can't handle Yeah. <laughs> if people pay if everybody paid the ransoms, they don't have the infrastructure. They probably would hire you or me, Sean, to sit there and be a <laughs> be a temp giving out ransomware keys, right? <laughs> Um, this is, that's insane to me. It's insane to think that, that that's what's happened. Um, and again, so what do I foresee? A lot of people smarter than us getting together, figuring something out, you know, trying to protect this because, again, we talked about the coastal pipeline. That was critical infrastructure. This, yeah. to me, going back, I really think it's going to affect small, small businesses. I think you're going to get businesses that just shut down because they've either lost revenue, lost the, the faith in their clients, right? Mm -hmm. Or just can't afford to pay, uh, you know, pay the ransom, right? And don't know if they're going to get bailed out. Don't know if our evil is going to give them a discount or, or have a heart. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I've seen the Grinch. I've seen, you know, uh, Chris, <laughs> a Christmas Carol. So I've seen people who have a change of heart. Maybe our evil will, will do that, but if not, if they're holding fast and collecting ransoms and collecting the seventy million plus, a lot of the companies are going to go belly up. Yeah, yeah, you know, and the unfortunate thing is, you know, these recent attacks going back to Solar Winds and Colonial, and now this one, the supply chain attacks that, that are going on, and it's not just the the primary company; it's everybody that's connected to them that's becoming af affected somehow yes. financially. Yes. And even if they have insurance, the insurance companies are willing to pay the ransom. Yes. And this sort of, um, how do you, how to say it? The insurance companies, I don't know, have enough actuarial data on companies and ransomwares and cybersecurity to properly have set their premiums like they do for other things. And recently in the reinsurance of cyber insurance, rates are up 40%. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because of ransomware. And so really, where is this going to go? I think you and I have talked about this before. The cyber insurance, the insurance companies, when it comes to cyber insurance, need to start figuring out a way to not just hand over the money to close the case 
and to get their client back up and running as quickly as possible. The insurance company should have helped their client evaluate their risk and mitigate those risks, or at least given them the opportunity to speak to experts to help them to lower their the insurance company's risk to having to pay out a, uh, a payment. And that's not going on. And so I think that some of this, that's why I keep coming back to this is a larger conversation, a national conversation oh, yeah. that companies need to have. And, you know, really, how does all of this work? How are we going to, as a comp- country, uh, allow companies to position themselves better? And, you know, to put this on uh, a positive note for the small and mid-sized business owners that are listening to us is that there are tools out there. Yeah. There are ways out there. And it doesn't have to be expensive. There are a lot of free tools out there. There are a lot of inexpensive tools out there. And it starts with making your employees aware of what mm-hmm. they're doing and making them aware of what their personal devices mean in a company environment. And teach your employees how to understand risk, how to identify risk, how to see, you know, get those little hairs in the back of your neck to stand up when something doesn't seem right kind of thing. Help them understand that. Teach them that. And that will go a long way in your company. It's not necessarily going to stop a supply chain attack, but it's a good way to start. Um, And, you know, we have a lot of resources on our site of where to start and how to understand where your risks are. So, yeah, and and that's no, that's great advice. That's 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 great for these organizations to 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 heed and to to protect themselves, right? And to to sit there and and understand their risk posture. Right. But the thing I would say with 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 insurance and just food for thought out there. I mean, they're creating by by paying the ransoms, right? Um they're creating this these apex predators now right yeah where they're getting more bold they're getting more um but also just think about this for for food for thought too right um in every insurance industry there's fraud is prevalent right, right. it's probably the biggest thing so you know they they have to you said earlier they have to have kind of a powwow they all have to get together all different industries small business owners you know MSPs you know insurance companies software vendors to kind of figure out the solution right because at the end of the day you know um if they're recommending paying paying ransoms to get businesses back up and running right we've all heard people to do fraud to crash the car, <laughs> to burn down the building, right? So, to, so now, you know, and, and remember, we talked about this last time. It's ransomware as a service, yeah. Right. So, so now you just, you just, I mean, and, and these guys are smart, right? These hackers and everything like that. They probably are even able to do that, like go in here, calling. Call you know, you're tired of this, that, then some. Calling an insurance job. I mean, call in, get hit with ransomware, you know, name your price. Well, $750,000. Now this, now the insurance company is paying the seven fifty. You unlock your, you know, you unlock your stuff and you're splitting the seven fifty on the back end with somebody, right? 
it just reminds me of awful stories you hear of like popping squats, right? Like, like you know, you got somebody in a taxi cab. I'm from New York originally, right? You got somebody <laughs> in a taxi cab. Somebody on they 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 cut cut them off. Then squat. They get rear-ended. The guy in the passenger. Oh my god! And they're sitting there saying <laughs> it was the taxi driver's fault. At the end of the day, they try to say it's a victimless crime because there's insurance paying in it, right? Right. But at the end of the day, like you said, all of our premiums go up. And yep. then, you know, these insurance companies want to get out the business because when they factor in and do their magic, it, it's not profitable for them. Right. Right. And again, the little guys get hurt. Yep. So. You know, that's one of the reasons that we focus on bringing these enterprise tools down into the small and mid-sized businesses and make it affordable. Of sort of course. the cost go awesome. for cybersecurity. Awesome. So, yeah. So, anyway, Will, I'm glad you joined me again for another great conversation. This will Thank not you. end. So, we'll get to talk about this again next time. Sounds good. All right. Will LaSalle with JLS Technologies. I appreciate your time today. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having and me, you- guys. And if you want to know more about NetSwitch, you can visit us at NetSwitch, N-E-T-S-W-I-T-C-H dot net. Look forward to talking to everybody next time. Take care.